Hi, I'm Thomas Cross Hoops, and I'm a seeker of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In my pursuit of truth, truth found me, and now I can't stop following him. Join me and my guests as we pursue truth together. I'm excited. I have Sue and David Taze on the line, dear friends from Sarasota. I think I met you either at a Georgian Banoff or Ben Dunn at some conferences. And for a few years there, we uh, visited quite a lot. You've had me over to your house for, for meals and uh, celebrations multiple times. And it's been, um, you know, almost 15 years, but it's great to connect again. It sure Likewise. is. Yeah. So they're lovers of Jesus. I think I'm going to ask them how they met because I believe you'll hear the accents and you'll wonder uh, how these two lovely uh, people got married. Well, I don't officially have an accent because I'm where you're from, I suppose, but she does. But in 87, I went into the Air Force and got stationed in Las Vegas, of all places. And while I was there, I went to a little church and met this lady. And, okay, uh, but you're going to hear about how we met, right? So I'm sitting in this, we're in this little Baptist church at the time, and it's this college group. And for some reason, there are only women, there are only girls in this college group. So I'm just minding my own business, having my Bible study on a Sunday morning. And like halfway through the Bible study, the, the door slams, like <clears throat> goes wide open, slams my chair. I look up, this guy looks around and sees it. it's just like only girls. And he goes... Looks like I'm in the right place. <laughs> that was this dude right here. Yeah, well. So anyway. Yeah, I have a problem with my mouth sometimes. But yeah, so when she started speaking and I realized she was from England and I had just been stationed in England, that started things off. And then I saw her love for Jesus over time. And um, we got married in 91 and we've been together since. That's a good long yeah. uh, journey. So yeah. I, I thought you met her overseas. So see, I'm like no. something new. No, in Las Vegas. That's total irony for you. That is, that is absolutely. Yeah. So Sue, what brought you to the States? Well, my dad was um, an electrical engineer for a chocolate factory. So I had just finished like um, college kind of in England. It's a different educational thing. So my parents were like, okay, we're going to go to Las Vegas for like nine months to a year. Um, you know, dad's gonna design this whole new chocolate factory in Vegas. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, so I was um, only supposed to be there for nine months to a year. And what's crazy is that right before that, I can remember thinking um, that, you know, the, the pastor that I, the church I went to at the time, his name was David and his wife's name was Sue. And I remember thinking, well, I'd really like to, you know, I have a marriage like that. So I ended up meeting a person <laughs> called David and my name is Sue. So that's how I ended up in the States. I only thought I was only going to be here for about nine Short months time, to a year. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting this guy. That was next month. We'll be married 32 years. Wow. Congratulations. That's Thank incredible. You. And I can attest that, um, you know, when I first came back to the missions field, from the missions field, it was around the time I met you guys. And I was not in a great place. I was very bruised and broken honestly did not receive well from men and brought God brought um, some really amazing women into my life. Um, Patty Sodmont's going to come on here sometime. And, you know, Dan and Pat Everly that we hung out with at, with Ben Dunn at the conferences and your wife, Sue, you were just motherly and invited me over for dinner and that just 
just treated me like one of your kids. And I was a little bit older than your kids, but I was still in my late 20s. I was like a teenager, you know. And so I love the way that you just love people uh, regardless of their, you know, their issues. You're like, I just love you. And so I love that. And you would just have me invite. I brought multiple people over to your house for dinner, the young people from Tampa, and we loved it. We always had a blast. So you always had that motherly, loving heart, and that's just an attestment to your love of God, I believe. So. Well, thanks so much, Thomas, because I can remember Dave and I were just talking today about how we met you. So remember, we drove up to see um, Benjamin Dunn was going to be doing like a concert and speaking, you know, leading yep. worship and speaking. And I can remember um, us walking into the foyer, and I think we had our three kids who were like young teens, you know, and, pre, you know, pre tweens at the time. And I remember Jeremy Thomas came rushing out. I was like, I remember you came rushing out and like, was like so friendly. We're like, hi, you know, I'm Thomas. And then I remember <laughs> Dunk him out and like started speaking in tongues and something. It was like, it was a crazy night. I remember that so well. It was a great night. Because you guys started coming up for all the different conferences at Oasis, that little small church. And it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. We had a blast. Yep. Yes, we did. So that really, we reconnected uh, because of social media. And um, I think I started seeing Sue's posts on Instagram. I love that her heart is for inner healing and for people to be whole and kind of found out a little bit about your journey that you guys also went on the same journey where you, you worked with churches, you, you know, you were in ministry and somehow, somewhere, I guess, religion became a thing that you couldn't really handle anymore. You were looking for that encounter, that community, the, the, the mystical Lord Jesus that we want. And um, so I know I found out later that I guess you kind of had your own journey of questioning the Lord and going through this progress. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what that looked like, because I know you started out kind of doing the ministry. And um, sometimes when you question, I guess, God, you, he takes you to a, a desert place for a while and then you come back. So I want to hear about that. Well, just about that questioning, I was thinking about this. <clears throat> you probably have a child or two who does this. Um, I think all kids do it at some point and to some degree. But, you know, the whole, why? 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 And sometimes it can, it can go into a hypnotic sort of why? Why? And I think it's a way that children develop their brains. You know, it's like, well, I need to understand this thing. And I think maybe when they go into that hypnotic thing, it's like they're not getting the answers that they need mm. to formulate their thoughts. Yeah. So I think that I got into this sort of, you know, childlike hypnotic thing of why, 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 why? And I wasn't getting answers. And yeah. so I think that it's very healthy to say, God, why this? Why that? Why is this happening? What does this mean in the Bible? Why does that not make sense to my brain? And I think that we were always taught, or at least in some way, that as Christians, you're supposed to always have the answers, mm -hmm. you know? And especially if you're a pastor, my goodness, you have to have the answers to, you know, oh, if somebody brings up dinosaurs, oh, I got a verse for that. Oh, if they bring up abortion, I've got a verse for that. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I just thought, you know what? I just can't make sense of many, many things. I had more questions than I had answers. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that was okay, yeah. that I didn't need to have the answers for everything. So 
Anyway, did you want to hit on that subject? What about? Just uh, kind of what happened with us. And... Well, I think the bottom line is, is we were in ministry for, um, for a long time. And our last job, we worked with young people. And we were always kind of on the fringe. So we, you know, not that we were doing anything wrong, but we were going out. We were um, taking the kids out of um, outside the church walls. We were doing like, you know, prophetic stuff. Um, just lots of things outside the church and that can be kind of frightening to many people inside the church um, and I think it, it when you start to have people coming in from the outside who don't look like Christians they're not Christians they have right. a completely different mindset that can be scary you know I've um, I, I realize that many people they want to keep everything as is and when you start shifting and shaking things it can become very uncomfortable. You know, we want to have safe, secure place. But Jesus, you know, he's not, uh, you know, one of my favorite things, I think it's from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it's talking about Aslan. And Aslan in C.S. Lewis's books is a type of Jesus, you know. And Aslan is a lion. I remember Lucy is asking, or Susan, one of the children in their stories is asking about Aslan. And they're saying, um, oh, well, he's a lion? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, well, is he safe? And I think one of the beavers goes, of course he's not safe, but he's good. And I think that we started to get in this thing of when you start stepping outside the safety of, of religion and you start following the wild one, you know, who is God. Um, the Celtic Christians call him the wild goose. So that term, I'm going on a wild goose chase, had to do with the early Celtic Christians who were like yes. chasing after God. And I know that David and I, we both went through a lot of hurt of being misunderstood by the people um, in our church. And I can remember one day, you know, I was walking past the hallways and it was a fairly large church. And I saw a picture, you know, as one of the pastors there on the hallway. And um, I just felt clear as day, like Jesus said to me, Sue, you can have all of this, all of this, or you can have obscurity with me. Now, me being a spiritual person that I am, I said, oh, obscurity with you, Lord, not realizing that pretty much it was going to cause so much pain and, you know, um, lots of um, criticism um, and a lot of hurt, a lot of betrayal from people. And I look back at it now and I see how the Lord is turned it around and used it for our good because of, um, I, I can't remember where it is in the scriptures, but it says, it's talking about them saying, you know, about this person, about a type of Christ. And they're saying, where did you get those wounds in your hands? And he says, I got them in the house of my friends. Mm -hmm. And many times it's not until we've been really hurt and wounded by the church and step out of that, that I think we can really start understanding like the sufferings that Jesus went through and understanding that he's, you know, I'd come home at, at night many times after everything we went through at the church, crying myself to sleep. And I'd always go, but Lord, I have you. At least I still have you. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of wimps in a sense. As, you know, we hear of other people's stories of how they got hurt in church. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, compared to what we went through, we went through virtually nothing, you know, but to right. us, it was devastating. And I think that, whenever you love people, and I mean, most people who are in ministry, they're there because they love the Lord and they love people. Right. And so when people, you know, hurt you, it's like, wow, 
you know, it, it distorts everything. And I used to say to people, you know, never confuse church with God. Mm, that's good. But it's way easier said than done. Yeah. You know, when church was our social life, it was my occupation. It was our mm. spiritual community. It was our kids right. go to for homeschooling, all these things. So when that comes crashing down, it's very difficult to untangle God from right. the ball of mess. Like, you know, the circles we ran in, for example, you know, I was just, I've been drinking out of this wine glass. And if people saw this, it's actually LaCroix coconut sp sparkling water. <laughs> but the circles that we'd, we'd um, okay, it's proof right here, LaCroix, okay. But the circles that we were running at the time, if I even had this glass, even though it's got sparkling water, we'd probably have been called into the office and go, Sue, what were you doing? We saw you with a wine glass. Now, that is the appearance of evil. It was kind of like that. So oh we're beyond that now. That's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome that you said that because... Yeah, I, I grew up on the YWAM missions field, and certainly I love hearing the foreign ministers and even Graham Cook. Like, depending upon where you go are the rules on alcohol, you know? It's just depending yeah. on the culture. It's so funny. Um, but for me, someone who believes Christians can drink according to the Lord and according to their ability, um, lately I have been really going through this process of learning to respond to the Lord and really obey, mm -hmm. like for me, obey individually. And, you know, I've been basically laying down alcohol for the last few years, 90% of the year, and I'd pick it up at the end of the year for three months for the holidays and parties. And, but um, for my marriage, for my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, for my, for my life, I know I'm supposed to lay it down. I do better. I had, you know, again, laid it down. And then just this last couple months, that's when I shared about it on my podcast. I, you know, I drank a little bit for different reasons and enjoyed, went to a ball game, different stuff. But it's night and day for me yeah. and my giftings and my calling, maybe my redemptive gift, my spiritualness. I just am not sensitive to the Lord. And I am some people I know people that just are more free and talk to the Lord and are creative with music. But that's not me. Like if I drink at night, I want to watch TV. I don't want to do anything. And so, yeah, I think that we're learning that it's an individual response to the Lord. And when when people put it as a religion, I laugh because it just reminds me of Paul where he's like, you know, uh, whatever don't look at what someone else is doing with the meat sacrifice to idols or you know it's like it's your individual responsibility with the lord so you know just to touch on that really quick um I, i've had this kind of theme going in my head recently of how in in scripture we take things that are cultural and we make them spiritual mm. and try to apply them to all people of all times and then we take things that are cultural. Did I say that right? Or spiritual. And, yeah, yeah <laughs> spiritual and try to make them more of a cultural thing. Like, right. um, you know, we went down to Fort Myers the other day to visit my cousin. And there was a guy preaching the gospel on a street corner. It was, it was great. You know, I mean, he's preaching and he's doing the gospel deal. But he's, it's 95 degrees out and he's wearing long pants a long sleeve shirt and a tie. That's not spiritual. It's just a cultural thing that, you know, westernized deal has said, Hey, if you want to be a preacher, you need to dress like this. Right. You know, but then there's the spiritual stuff that we've just kind of made cultural, like the gifts of the spirit. 
that's a spiritual thing that's supposed to be available, or it is available to all Christians of all times, yet we say, right. oh, no, that's a cultural thing. You know, that's just for certain times right. and places and people. So anyway. No, that's a good point. No, I love how you said that because um, think about how much of your clothes are multiple woven fabrics and do we wear hats and no hats? Like we don't follow all those rules for the Holy, for the New Testament churches because we knew that was a cultural thing for that time. We're not telling, and, and honestly, you know, many people took religion out of the Bible and don't believe women can speak and stuff like that. And, and God raises up people like Lauren Cunningham to really beat it home. You know, why not women? Like, look at all the leaders in the church. Like, so it, it does, it, it, you can't just read it with your mind and um, expect to get the right answers. Like you said, it's a journey of um, your revelation with the Lord. So, and I did, I kind of skipped to the front. So yeah, I, I did. I kind of wanted to hear how you met Jesus and then see how, where that journey went. Cause I know um, you, you both, we're in ministry, you felt called and you, you did that. And I know there's a point where we got into the pain and we're going to get back to that place. But at the beginning is, was, were you both believers when you met? I kind of want to hear about how that started. Can I start? Sure. So, um, I think it was 1989 who I'm aging myself, but 1989, I was in my late teens and I went to Billy Graham conference, you know, um, Crusade, Crusade yeah. in England, and it was piped into our church. And um, I had just got out of a, you know, a relationship as a teenager with somebody, and I was just like looking for answers. And when I went to the Billy Graham Crusade, they gave the, you know, they gave the altar call, and I was like, Whoa! I was up there, and I just had an insatiable thirst from then on for like wanting to, um, you know, read the scriptures and. From that moment on, seriously, I just was... She was on fire. Yeah. I and when I say on fire, I don't mean just like, oh, you know, she she says the right stuff. And I mean, it was like she was walking with Jesus and it, it was so... So you guys met within a few years of that. Uh, oh yeah, I mean it was, it was it was she was just yeah. like bam running. Look, that's a testimony right there for people. You know, sometimes they're searching, they're looking for something. You put God first, you pursue God, and he uh, he makes it all happen. Yeah. And then what about you, honey? Well, for me, I I had like little kind of tidbits of uh, tasting Jesus for a few years leading up to. Uh, receiving him, I guess you could say it. Uh, it's so hard to know how to verbalize these things now because I've been taught a certain way how to say things. And I'm like, does that really make sense anymore? But when I received Jesus was in 88, I had gone into the Air Force and um, got introduced to the Lord, so to speak, that way. And similarly, I just, it, it was like, wow, I, I have found what I have been looking for. And I just threw my whole self into Jesus and then in the church and just, I, I, I loved his people. I loved everything about God, just bam. And I, I think that for the next 20, years. 20 so years, it was just all about doing whatever the Lord wanted us to do, you know. And it took on a lot of different forms. Why you were both sharing, I just, I was, I, I don't know, were your parents believers or? 
Where mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, not I was just growing up, though. Well, I was thinking it, you both had that first, like you on your adulthood, young adults per- found God and pursued him. And, and it was such a radical thing. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about myself. Um, so many people I know whose parents had your experience and then it was their turn really struggled uh, many mm-hmm. I'm, you know, i was on the missions field i'm a pastor's kid um i just know so many people that um especially missionary kids they tend to really struggle because it's almost like it was such a great experience and we had amazing encounters with the lord but like being a third culture kid i think was the problem for me coming back mm-hmm. to america like it just was like a wake-up call like it wasn't the same community focus it was like parachurch organizations were different ywam was amazing and I'm coming back at, in my formidable teenage years at almost 14. You know, I had religion. I was like proud of being a virgin and not doing drugs and not doing drinking. But it wasn't for the right reasons. It was almost like it was it was just religion because, you know, two, three years later, I was a mess and all over the place. But um, I just struggled, you know, with my personal relationship with the Lord. I knew I was going to heaven. And I see that and hear that all the time. And it's I almost you know, I like these stories of I met him and we just went for it because I think that's something I want to see my kids do and not get saved and know they're going to heaven, but struggle with their personal relationship for 20 years because that was my journey, you know? And um, so, but yeah, it's beautiful to hear that. And so, yeah, you started out in a Baptist church, it sounded like. Yep. And I know we've talked about the cultural and you're talking about the gifts. So that, that was always my struggle, you know, experiencing supernatural things on the missions field, hearing all the miracles and stories from YWAM, and then coming back to a small Baptist private school and going to Baptist youth group. And a lot of the people I met didn't believe in the Holy Spirit or to the degree they believe in the Holy Spirit, but they, they didn't believe like in the every present day miracles, you know, gifts of the spirit. And so that was a struggle for me because if you didn't believe what I believed back then, I really struggled. Like, cause I knew what I believed intellectually, <laughs> but I wasn't always experiencing it. So, yeah. I mean, this is only the last few years of growth and healing where, I mean, I couldn't handle when people didn't believe what I believed. I think yeah. because I wasn't experiencing it all, but I knew I believed it. I knew it was true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, very good point. healings. And so yeah, now I'm learning and I've been listening to some Jonathan, is it Jonathan? Paul Abraham or Jonathan, the kind of, yes, I love him, but he said something that blew my mind. He was talking about the, the mystical movement and the people that really believe and want to encounter Jesus and encounter God and live, you know, life according to the spirit. And he was talking about how they were, there's splits happening within that movement that was supposed to be all about love and God. And he basically said, you know, we have to get to this place in the body and believers and brothers that we don't look down. Like I have this revelation of God, like Graham Cook talks about, this is my revolution of truth. And maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they just believe they're going to heaven and they want to serve, but they don't believe Mm -hmm. certain things you believe. You don't have to divide over that, right? Like we've got to be mature enough that we can have different opinions because I mean, let's be honest, if you're right and God does do miracles and heal, and they don't, it doesn't, shouldn't affect you, right? Except that you want to pursue miracles and pray for people to get healed. And maybe they will later, you know, maybe they'll get there. So I just enjoyed yeah. that story he told. When I was stationed in England, um, I was going to a Baptist church there. When I first got saved, I was going to a Baptist church. But then a friend invited me to his Pentecostal church. And so it was like living in two different worlds. Yeah. You know, I would go to this Pentecostal church and 
the, the excitement was just off the chart, you know? And I would go back to my pastor who I adored him. He was just an awesome guy, the, the Baptist pastor. And I would tell him what I was going through. And he's like, David, you know, I was in a service once and there was just this old organ just. And he said, this old lady had her hands raised to the Lord and was just weeping. And he said, so you, you can't just base it on the emotion of it. And I thought that's very sensible. But I was getting both of these worlds yeah. brewing in my heart and my mind. And, um, and we did that for years, actually. We would go to a Baptist church for a while and we'd be like, oh, man, we need stability. So we'd go there and, we, and then after maybe a couple of years or a few months, whatever the case was at that point in our lives, we'd be like, man we miss the Holy Spirit and just that whole exuberance and freedom and whatnot. So we'd go back to the charismatic churches and then same thing. We'd be like, okay, this is just kind of weird now. <laughs> so we would, you know, it's just this back and forth thing that uh, we want both. Yeah. Really, we need both. We need sensibility and, and grounding, but we also need the freedom right. and the, the ability to worship and be alive like that yeah I think more than anything like in my in my work um I'm pretty much surrounded by wonderful new age people so in my job you know um I meet a lot of different new age people lots of different beliefs you know reincarnation more of a Hindu thing um many of them they're just you know the people I meet they're hungry for experience and um You've seen it everywhere. Actually, I was talking to somebody today who grew up Catholic, then became a Jehovah Witness, then went more metaphysical, you know, and was going to all these like different like spirit New Age churches. And they said, you know what? I've done it all. And I can tell you this, that all of these places, it doesn't matter where you're at, there's people there. And, you know, and people are going to have their own way of thinking. And I, I was talking to this person and said, yeah, but you know what? When you have an encounter with Jesus, I said, you are wrecked. And I said, they yeah. said what do you mean wrecked? I said, you are never the same again. You are literally, when you experience the love of God, and two, you know, my new age friends, and I've been, or, you know, I've been on lots of adventures and journeys and, and, and looking into different, different things and thinking, you know, when we came out of the church, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, Jesus, it, it's almost like everything was deconstructed. Like what I, what, you know, what I believe about Jesus, you know, what new age people talk about, like Christ consciousness, that this, we have these different Christ consciousness in us. But the bottom line is, is that if you look at everything else, everybody else is trying to do something in order to reach God. But when Jesus comes in and he goes, it's done. I, I've already done it. You know, Imagine. I'm the vine, you're the branch. I'm going to graft you into me. It's already done. When you start to actually understand that and you start like drinking from his life rather than you like, okay, I'm going to press on in. I'm going to like, I'm going to pray until something happens. You know, that acronym, you know, push, yeah. pray until something happens. But when you start to think, I'm just going to rest, you know, in the book of Hebrews talks about, there's a day and it's like, and today's the day to enter into his rest. Mm. And like Jesus, 
um, you know, he's the chosen one, right? And in, in him, we're chosen. You know, yeah. we are chosen. We have been, we can come boldly to God. And it's not anything that we, we do. It's completely him. And when you start to understand that, it literally is like the gospel. It's the almost too good to be true news. Right. When you realize that we are loved as much as the father loves Jesus, or we're loved to that extent. Mm, so good. It's incredible. It's so funny that you're talking about yeah, that because today on the Facebook wall, somebody posted the verse about being, be perfect as I'm perfect and just how she's, you know, done with religion and God says I'm loved and, you know, she wants to walk in love. And somebody asked that question. They were like, well, what do you get about a verse that's be perfect? And I, I looked into Hebrews and was like, it just, I did a whole word study in my brain. I started looking it all up, the, the teleos and teleo, the perfect, it's literally saying you're perfect because he's perfect. You know, we're, our perfections through him and in Hebrews, it breaks down the same word. And I love how some translations try to change what we are versus Christ, but in, it actually is the same word. So we're being built up. We're being made perfect. We're perfect in Christ. And it's not any action we do in ourselves. just like the physical priest of McKilsey that was talking about that in Hebrews, right? That didn't make you perfect, but Jesus did. And it was funny because um, when I started posting all this stuff, the person was like, I, I didn't really need all that. I just was asking a question. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you made me think about it. and want I searched it out and I was sending it up for you. But that's been something that's been a theme on the podcast lately is that difference between doing out of striving and needing to earn it. But now I think there's this theme happening with some of my friends and that we are, we've gone into a place in some of the church where they're no longer doing lots of the things because we don't have to. But now I'm sensing this, this drawing to do those things, not because we need to, but because we have a relationship. Like now mm -hmm. you fast or you read or you pray no longer because it's a duty, but it's building intimacy. And that's kind of where I'm at in my age at 41. I'm, I'm starting to break off of that, like doing things for my identity and realizing, oh, because I'm a son, he wants to spend time with me. Because he's my dad, he wants me to hang out and soak with him. Because instead of doing those things to try to get him, it's like, no, I have him. So I want to do those things. And that's kind yeah. of where I'm at right now in this season. And yeah, it's. Well, two, two things. One real quick. Um, I've been remodeling in our bathrooms. And I suck at tiling. I'm just <laughs> terrible at it. You're a handyman. <laughs> it takes me forever. I used to do a lot of bathrooms, but I just found it was hard on my body. I took too long to do it, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm fighting with this tile in the shower. And I just thought this, this shower is going to be a continual reminder of my imperfection. But it's okay. You know, but I tend to be a perfectionist and, but it's so, but the other thing I wanted to say is, um, and I'll, and I won't detour for long here, but, uh, during our little, uh, by the way, when we, when we left church and I got to the point where I said, Jesus, I just, I don't really know who you are anymore. And now I've had people look at me like, oh, that can't happen. Because, you know, the Bible says once you've been enlightened and all that, you can't come back if you go away. Well, that's not been my experience. And I only know really what I've experienced for myself. And essentially, sadly, in my heart, I told Jesus, you know my heart. 
And right now, I don't know who you are for sure. I can't worship you when I don't really know for sure that you're the son of God, that you're all those things that I once thought. So I just said, you know, it was really, really tough. But I knew for me at that point, for some reason, I had to do that or call it Satan. I don't know. I don't know what the story was, but I had to essentially say, Jesus, not not now. And I wasn't even seeking Jesus anymore for a long time. I went every other direction. I still loved God and, and I still wanted to be a good person and all those things. But it, like, it was at the end of 2019, I just, out of the blue, Jesus had, gave me this incredible vision. And, well, you and, said, hold on, remember that one? It's going to Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say is, you know, I, in this vision, I was in or, or standing on the outskirts of this field. And this field had like, and I hope this really helps people, by the way, because it, it, it totally radically changed my understanding of Jesus again and just was mind-blowing. But it goes right along with what you're saying. So I'm standing at this field. It kind of looked like corn stalks, that sort of thing, like big, tall field. And there were people just aimlessly working in this field, just like, oh, you know, just hoeing. And, like, and I thought, this is weird, man. What are these people doing? And I stood out on the, the side of this field and I looked out and I see Jesus riding up to me on a horse. And I'm like, whoa. And he rides up to me and he leans down. It's like a movie. I mean, it was literally like this romantic movie. He reaches down with his arm and we lock arms, you know, how you kind of grab like this. And he pulls me up onto the back of his horse. And I, I went to wrap my arms around him and he goes, hold on tight. It's about to get intense. Now, this was at the end of 2019. Before COVID. Before COVID. So first, and I might get this chronology wrong, but first I ended up with a neurological condition that just really screwed me up. My, I couldn't work. It was extremely painful. Then COVID, then Sue got cancer. Mm. And so all through these times, I just kept replaying that vision over and over in my mind. I was like, Oh, Jesus, I'm holding on tight. It got to the point, though, I was like, Jesus, I, I can't even hold on anymore. Yeah. It, it's so it's so bad. It's so bad. And I, what I saw, and once again, this is all, you know, it, it was in my brain. In your so, spirit. Yeah. yeah. And so um, what I saw him do, though, was he took off, like, I don't know if you call it a sash or something that he had around his body. He took it off and he threw it behind me, behind my back, and then tied it in front of his waist. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's, that's Jesus. I wasn't seeking him. He just came back and swept me off my feet again. Mm. And, you know, I think this is where a lot of Christians are who were really on fire and then have left church. They're thinking, what happened? You know, Jesus is where? And, and 
am I even worthy or whatever the case is, I'm sure it varies. But I think just to rest assured that Jesus is still that king that may seem far off, but he's always like watching somehow from the distance and just rides in at just these amazing times. So, yeah. Beautiful. I know. I just, you know, listening to David, I was thinking, you know, people can listen to this podcast down the road, but the spiritual dimension is real. You know, like I love studying about quantum physics and all this stuff. And it talks about how Jesus went up. I'm like, guys, Jesus didn't fly off into outer space. Like, look, you can see him going past Pluto. He's out there, you know, going. He went, you know, it says when Jesus went up, I truly believe that it's talking about that he went into the higher dimension, a whole different level. And when you start to think that um, that plane is kind of interlaying on our plane of existence here. And, you know, we're talking about being mystics, Thomas, and about when you start to like encounter Jesus mystically and allow him to start um, showing up in your life, just even in little things. Like today I was out walking my dog this morning and I thought I'm saying, honey, Today, what I want to do is I want you to pay attention to the goodness of God, all the ways that I'm showing up in your life today. And there's my dog right now. Speaking of which. That's funny. But the, the whole, you know, what you're talking about, like coming out of the church world and realizing that, that God is so much more, that Jesus, yeah. he wants to walk with us. And if you look at... Um, you know, when he was actually here on planet Earth, he wasn't in the whole religious circles. He was outside the religious circles. He was always getting in trouble with the religious circles. Um, He's so down to earth. He's so amazing. And when you start to realize that what my favorite verse ever is Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, Mm. but Christ Christ lives in me. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the son of god now no many translations say in but it actually looked correctly it says i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave yep. himself for me so it's not even our faith mm. that you know so. we're living that more and more the older i get um i i want to just allow him to just to take over my life yeah and you know the other week i was just feeling a bit down and i said lord you're gonna have to just come and rescue me Rather than me like praying through it, Lord, I said, just come rescue me. Mm. Just work in my heart and rescue me. And he does. You know, the more we lay down and stop allow, you know, stop working so hard, he can stop. He can stop working. It's everything that you guys have been talking about. It's just reminiscing with things the Lord's been speaking to me about lately, or I've been seeing in my readings or, you know, things I'm starting to write about. I'm like, this is so funny. Um, when you were talking earlier, that's, I kind of shared what I shared, but what I was thinking about when you were talking was why we can fall back into the religion. And and I was reminded of that Hebrews, when the law is read, the veil covers our face. And I think that's what happens to so many. We've encountered the Holy spirit. We've seen miracles. We've, I've, you know, heard God's voice, but somehow that's why we need to not forsake the community of believers not just go to church and sit there on Sunday, but truly be around people that are going to encourage you and speak life over you. And you can worship together and do, do life, I guess. Um, because how many times 
have I known and believed in all these amazing things, but I, I lived according to the world and I believe the matrix is real. I literally believe the spirit. I, I said it wrong the other yeah. day. I said spirit begets the flesh, but I, I, what I meant was that verse, the spirit begets the spirit and spirit first and the physicals out of that. And, you know, I told the story of my friends in China that would go around and they would ask the Holy Spirit what fruit to take home. And they just live this life like, you know, practicing the presence. And it's like something that that's what I was getting at with the not striving. But that's really what our job as believers is, is to learn to be intentional. I think it's literally I should just listen to Graham Cook 24 seven until I get it. It's all about learning to uh, the lately. It's been all about agreement. He's been talking to you about so ultimately, our whole spiritual journey is just agreeing with the cross, agreeing with what God already did, coming into agreement with what the Holy Spirit's saying, and learning to be sensitive to hear what he's saying for us individually, because it's not this religion thing. It's he wants to guide us and lead us, and I can do it on my own strength, but how much more radical and adventurous is that life when you actually take the time to stop and help the person he said to help? Or Those little stories I've had are far too few. Because it could happen every time. Every time you make yourself available, he can use you, literally. And so I'm in that place where I'm just tapping back in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I've been so religionized again. Like, we just eat up that religion and we put it on. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, I just want you to be with me and follow me. And I want to go on an adventure with you. And to the level that you will come into agreement with me, you shall experience me whoa i'm like that that's literally what it is you know it's like whoa <laughs> see that's what i remember Thomas. i remember you coming over and whoa. Like, whoa. <laughs> i come into agreement with you god i'm sorry oh i've been fighting these last like couple this last month or two i've just been like oh, i've been resisting and had to accidentally put on my dog a couple weeks ago and like kind of shook me and like this crazy stuff it's like I want to be that father that teaches my kids to go to the Lord and hear his voice and re rely on the Lord and not their physical eyes. I've been hearing it for 20 years, and just lately I keep hearing this. This time is coming when we literally have to be so sensitive to the left and the right that, w that our lives will be harder and worse if we don't. And that's not a striving. It's, it's practicing to hear his voice and obey. And I've, I've said it on the last couple of podcasts, but... I'm writing a message right now about the obedience of the Lord. The concept of obedience is to hear and do. So when you're obedient, you're hearing and understanding what God's saying, and you do it. You're not obedient unless you do it, obviously. But when he says, I desire obedience, not sacrifice, he puts things in our lives that he wants us to come into agreement with. So obedience is coming into agreement. And I think that's what you were talking about, those dimensions. We are that that kainos being that is where heaven meets earth and heaven can only come out to the degree that we allow it. And just recently, cause I told a story of where there was someone I knew that was eight, nine years old. And, um, he was like a child predator already cause something had happened to him and you could just see the demons in his eyes. And I was so hurt that I had nothing inside of me for him. And then I've been just picking all this stuff up lately. And, and the best thing I'd seen and heard was, that I have to come and embrace that I have nothing to give and that there was nothing inside of me that I could have given, hugged him or prayed for the demons to get out of him and come to that place of realizing in my weakness and my inability to have anything for him. That's where Christ wants to come out of my spirit and, and bless that boy and bless people. And that's where I'm at. It's like, I don't want to come across people that need the Lord 
and not have an answer because I wasn't, because I didn't believe that the Lord was in me and greater is he who is in me than is in the world. Like that's where that renewing of the mind comes in. So it's like, I'm in this place where everything's starting to come together, but it's like, unless I step out and believe to look in the spiritual realm first, I'm going to keep living in the physical world. And um, so I'm, yeah, I'm not content. I'm not content with the religion or the physical world. I'm being stirred up to get more involved with the community and, you know, wanting to do more things in Tampa. And it's like, this is what I used to feel like, you know, and it's like, it's coming at 41. It's starting to happen again. And I was talking about being obedient and responding. And I had stepped out and helped this church that was launching as a launch. And I just, I knew, I knew the minute they said, we're going to Carrollwood, I knew I was supposed to be a part of it. Well, it was like a year. Well, my dad started a church. Um, he took over a church in January and I never thought I'm going to go help him support him because I knew I was supposed to be here. And literally a couple of weeks ago, a conversation with the pastor of the other church, the minute we hung up, I just knew. I, I knew the Lord is telling me to go and support my dad. Didn't even realize how much I had this desire and longing to work with my dad and learn from him and grow with him. And I'm like, this is crazy because at any point I could have quieted myself and listened or asked the Lord, but he just did it. Like it was just, it was like the veil came off my face and I knew where I was supposed to be. And now I get to just start helping this little church and being a part of it. And it's so mostly awesome. retired age people. And just now family is starting to come in. And But it's just a chance to learn from my dad, the community we had in YWAM, the community he had. And, you know, our small little church in the 80s that was very family and unity focused and a community, yeah. I mean. So it's like, yeah, no church is perfect, but you have to be where you're called. And now I'm like, oh, I'm called to grow in relation with my mom and dad that – you know, I gave them some wild rides in my uh, <laughs> early 20s and teens. But but yeah, I'm not content with the physical anymore, with the religion. I, I only want, you know, I believe it, right? I've seen some crazy things all over the world. How can we forget that? And that's kind of what you were speaking to. Like, I want to honor the Lord and that he wants me to honor the Lord in me, just like he wants me to honor the Lord in you. And so that's where I'm at. I honor the Holy Spirit in your life, too. <laughs> you know, Dave. Thomas, I was, before the podcast, I was looking out our bedroom window and there was a little squirrel out there. And he had some big seed or something in his mouth. And he went over and started digging a hole to bury it. And he got only like maybe this deep and, and was like, this sucks. This is so hard. And he and I saw him look over like this, and we have a starfruit tree, and below mm -hmm. the starfruit tree, there's all the you know the dead leaves and everything that have fallen and, and created a much softer area to dig. So he goes over there and he just starts plowing, man. He's like half of his body is down in the hole. Oh, bless you. And half of his body is down in the hole. He sticks that seed in there and then just you know covers that thing up like nothing had ever happened. And I thought. That's like us. We, we think that the hardest route is the best route. Mm. You know, if it's painful, it must be better. Mm. If it's really difficult, it must be better. Because we're kind of taught that. I, I was kind of taught that, or at least that's right. what I gleaned in my Christian experience was, you know, if, if, if it's not really tough, then it's probably not God. Mm. Well, that's not what that squirrel thought. He was like, man... I'm spending way too much time digging this hole when I could just go two feet over and, and be done. Mm. And so, I don't know, sometimes I think, 
life is probably a lot easier than we make it out to be. We just want to, we, we think it's tough. And we're just, and God's going, well, wait a minute, I have an easier plan. Just let me do it. How about, you know, so. I think it's just like getting back to, to you know, um, the burden, my burden is easy. My yoke is light, but it's back into Forever this around. works, um, you know, this works mentality. So we want to work it like, you know, when you get back into religion, you know, you want to be the most spiritual, like, oh, I prayed yeah. three guys. Oh, look at Susan. She goes to Bible study all the time. She knows all her scriptures yeah. and we want to get into this. And, um, but really, you know, we're all carriers of God. And I was thinking about what you just said. Oh, I didn't have anything to give that boy. Well, many times just even our presence, right. like I've experienced before when one time, you know, I was personal trainer, always at the gym. And one time in between sets, I was sitting on like um, the leg extension machine and I thought, okay, God, on the count of three, because it says that the fragrance of Christ, you know, that that's, we're bringing him wherever we go. I'm just going to believe that your presence is going to be released out of me into this gym. So I can remember just sitting in between sitting, I went one, two, and I was just sitting there, three, and I just went, just imagine like his presence coming out. No joke. People like started to turn around and look like what, what this, there's something going on. What, what's going on? And I was just sitting there smiling, like in between, like nothing was going on, but people can feel it. People can feel that energy of the spirit moving, right. you know, and, um, it's, you know, all around different people and everybody has a different feeling, a different spirit, a different energy. And people can feel that. They can feel the presence of yeah. the Holy Spirit within. And when you start actually, rather than thinking you have to come up with like some clever remark or anything, but just literally allow, like, and just engage, consciously engage exactly. and come aware. Um, you know, many times, you know, just allowing that mm. to come out where we've, we've been given the mind of Christ. Mm. And when we just allow his mind to... Um, I think people are going to fall out because your spirit, the Holy Spirit, just coming off of you. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, oh but that's what they like when you allow his his I feel it like, here when people are really in the spirit, like, oh yeah, yeah. And I kept thinking, like, his joy. Okay, Ooh. the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not my joy trying to cut it. It's his joy, and we're told in Hebrews that because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness, that he's been anointed with joy more than anybody else. Mm. We have Jesus's joy, and when we start to allow that to like to bubble up, it's like, like I'm feeling like goofy just like now, you know. I just feel like woo. Oh but that's that's like, what you know, I'm like just, a mix of this the know? intellectual and this. You know, they used to call. I used to be like I'm a Christian hippie. Like I'd come back from the mission field, walk around barefoot, be all froofy. But I'm like a middle ground guy, and I do like to understand things or. I, I've always had the gift of being able to kind of see what's going on in the spirit and articulate it. And yeah. so that's something, um, what, when we're talking about this, I do like to understand it, but that's what I meant with that kid was I had lies in me that I wasn't good enough and intimate enough with the Lord. I've right. cast out demons and, and I've, that was when, but this was a, something that was very close to home and it was a difficult situation. So I just felt like I had nothing. But the lie was that I wasn't close enough. I, I wasn't starting this podcast last year because the lie was I wasn't intimate enough with the Lord. So going through this Jesus Lab school and really working on that identity, it really helped. Now it's like I, the training wheels are off. It's my job. 
but what you're talking about, I just, whoa, I feel it. The striving should be to rest. The striving should be to learn to be intentional. And that's all I'm getting at is there is something that we are to do. And as a believer in the finished works of the cross, you're only experiencing because it's not the information or the truth, you know, intellectually that sets you free. It's the truth you experience. And that's something I've always craved and desired experiences and the experience of these things, like to truly see more miracles and see supernatural things. The only thing that stops you from doing that is your own limitation and thinking, you know, you're not agreeing with God. And that's what I was getting with, like with that, like those people that walk in that all the time, like the guy I talked about a couple of weeks ago, Bill Carruthers, and I hugged him and just fell out in the spirit and started going through deliverance. And, you know, that happens only by, I call it striving, but by abiding in the vine, by, by intentionally. And that's something that it's not natural when you're religious. It's not, it's something that I need to grow in and all believers should grow in. And the believers that I knew that just spent time with the Lord soaking on the carpet and worshiping and laughing, like, I think the religion is like, I got to go to church. We're fighting kids problems. I'm just going to go. And no, like the Lord is trying to teach me to, I've been having more encounters in my office than I ever had before. Cause I used to only have them in corporate worship settings. And it's like, he wants it all the time. You know, if I want it all the time, of course the Holy spirit does. So, so yeah, when you're talking, I'm like, yes. And I tell that story all the time that everybody wants to be Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson but they don't know what it takes for them to be there. You know, that countless time just spent with the Lord, not striving, truly growing in that intimacy and understanding mm-hmm. his ways and spending time in that spiritual realm, that dimensional realm. He, Graham Cook literally said, Christ put you in him and you're, he's in you, but he put you in him so you could come boldly into heaven and hang out with God because you wouldn't be able to be there in the physical flesh with the sin. Like it's literally, we're sealed in him. So we should come up. Paul says, come up here, come up here. Like, you know, so that's where I'm at. Like, I just, I want to keep doing it. That's why I'm encouraged. You're like, we need to connect for dinner. We need to get, do more stuff because you need to be around like-minded people. When we were all having those cool times, like we were all encouraging each other to focus on all. So I'm getting stirred up, Sue, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you need to be around like-minded people. And I think a lot of people, did what you guys did and look at some of the friends that we have that are coming back out into yeah. the world. Like it, they kind of were in the cave. A lot happened in that period. And I yeah. think the Lord's only going to use it to take people deeper in him. And um, he truly wants to be our source and in him, we move and live and have our being. And he wants that to be a reality. I, I mean, honestly, this whole journey with me started at the beginning of COVID and started with me going to an Andrew Womack conference and it's been a journey and obviously, you know, for my wife it hasn't been perfect. There's been some ups and downs or, you know, going back to alcohol and stuff. But the reality was I have been on a steadfast progression since that encounter with the Lord again, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID in February and went away with my wife, went to the Andrew Womack conference and just had a great encounter with the Lord. Um, I just always can't speak enough about him. I need to do a blog about him. And no matter where you find yourself in your walk, he will have resources for you to learn and grow in things. And the, I've been around a lot of ministers and ministries and the fruit of, of a minister like him is that you can meet any of his staff. You don't need to see him or meet him. They all walk in authority and power and love and joy. They all point to Jesus. Nobody's trying to draw attention to themselves. Um, the maturity on his staff, I can't speak enough about it. Um, That's awesome. Phenomenal. 
phenomenal man of God, and he's such a blessing to people. But yeah, I love him. You you yeah. said the too good to be true gospel, and that's I love when Andrew Womack says that. that yeah, too good to be true. You know, Thomas, just you had said about um, you know not necessarily going. You know, once you met Jesus, is just <laughs> straightforward, never varying right or left. Where well, just when Jesus came to me in that vision in 2019, um, it was just a starting point for me. I, I still had all sorts of thought, you know, questions going on like, okay, yes, I've encountered Jesus again, but it, it has been a process since then. Right. And, um, we've, we've gone to several churches over the last couple of years and, and tried to just get back into it. You know what I mean? It, and I'm maybe one day we'll find a, a resting place, so to speak. But um, I just wanted to say, you know, just kind of for the record that I think that Jesus is big enough to handle right. our, our movements. <laughs> he could track with us pretty well. Uh, and despite us going off course, you right. know, it's, uh, he, he's just, he has us yep. that that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from the last couple of years with him is that David, it, it's not about me and how well I do. Mm. I think that, uh, that's where we tend to get tripped up is like, yep. okay, it, I'm, Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? And whatever. And it's like, wow, you know, he just, he just comes to us regardless. Right. He's the initiator of our faith yeah. and the perfect. And so um, it's not just a one-time initiation or starting. I think it's just this continual thing of him mm. wooing us and us just be willing to be caught up in this love story with him. Yeah. And, you know, I, as a man, it was weird for me initially understanding the the romance of Jesus because he's a man and I'm a man. <laughs> but I quickly began to realize, wow, it's not sexual, but it is so hot <laughs> and, and so romantic that I'm just like, wow. I I, I don't think a lot of people understand that that's a possibility, mm. you know, with the Lord is to be swept off their feet. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I think just in this culture, you know, like everything is like all sexualized. And the thing is, is it's, it's that feeling that we're all looking for. We're all looking for this transcendental feeling, this feeling that we're being swept up into something bigger than the closest thing that we can, you know, that society goes on is like sex. But if we think about, the whole feeling of your heart coming alive and you're feeling swept up and, and carried away into this amazing story. Yeah. That's what following Jesus is all about. Your heart is, you know, like when you're coming of age, like when you're a, you're a kid and you're, you're waking up and you're turning into a, um, you know, you're, you're, you're growing, you're going through puberty and everything is looking differently. Like you're coming of age and if you think about this, Jesus said, you know, he calls himself the bridegroom and we're the bride. And then he also says, don't lose your first love. I mean, I think about him how, and he is the first love. He wants to pull us back into this amazing, like, 
experience this heartfelt romance where you 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 know you, it's heart stopping it's so amazing mm. and you know when you've been caught up in that or you, you you know you have that that pull that attraction to god you know earthly relationships they are supposed to be just a shadow of that mm. just a tip you know but we when we actually see him we actually see god and we are in awe and wonder our hearts start coming alive and you know that's pretty much what it's all about you know we're all looking for that feeling you know and that's what god wants wants to do because he's looking for us you know he he didn't come he said he came to seek and save that which was lost that which was lost not like the lost that which was lost and what was lost was our ability to understand our amazing connection with god Mm. and that play you know apostle paul talks about how it's like husband and wife so so good by the way speaking of parents you had asked earlier about did we grow up christian and stuff um our parents really i think prayed us back (laughs) to, to jesus somehow because uh they never they never gave up on us you know, and I think that's critical. And now we as parents, our kids, none of them are, when I say they're not believers, they're not typical Christian believers. And we just had this talk with them the other day. And we're just like, guys, we're okay with wherever you are. They're, you know, they're adults now and they're growing and changing. And, um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to pray for them. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it was, that was a huge part of us not just slipping off the deep end forever, you know? I love everything you've been talking about. And I I had to think of as one of the, again, I'm just, I think it's because I'm changing at 41, like life is happening in my brain and I'm older and, you know, I come to this place of really embracing that the, the journey is the destination and, learning to embrace like all of the stuff just all the stuff i believed intellectually and there there's a book i'm working on called concept to reality and that's really what it is i always i always believed like i could hear people preach i believe the lord gave me discernment i could just tell yes yes no yes that's right you know finished works of the cross and all this amazing stuff but you don't always experience it so then you what do you do with that what do you do with miracles today what do you do with things you're not experiencing and um one of the things was I was always going at my walk with the Lord as a, a linear journey, but it changes everything when you realize you're already seated in heavenly places. You're, I know, I even knew when I was a mess, I was going to heaven. I just, I don't want to be one of those believers now. Like Andrew Womack talks about, you know, going to heaven smelling like hell. Like we have the fullness of Christ. Now we can go and love the lost and be a blessing and encourage our brothers and, so I don't, I don't want to get that in. Like for me, my work, um, you know, I've been providing for the family. I'm in sales. The Lord's blessed me. I do very well. It's something I'm good at. And um, up until last year, that was my focus. And now I'm more focused on wanting to be involved with the community and church and the podcast. Like I'm working and the Lord's blessing me and it works going fine. I, I, I get off at four and he's taking care of me. It was very bad couple months at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden he just aligned me with some great clients and he's taking care of me, but it's not my priority. Like work is to pay the bills and have insurance. I I want to start to do what God has for me. And I always knew I never felt fulfilled 
unless I was flowing in my giftings and callings and working with the Lord and enjoying him. And because I think he created us. Um, I know you guys, I don't even think it was out yet, but the last podcast, I I said that revelation that for a while I'd I'd hidden my charisma because I told the Lord I wanted to live out of character, not charisma. And just now he's telling me that he wants me to marry the two that, you know, it took 15 years to develop character. I'm not there yet. I'm still developing it, but I'd seen so many charismatic men hurt people in the church, hurt people in religion, wield their gifts without any intimacy or relationship being very, you know, gifted, but not loving. And that's where I'm at. Like the Lord wants me to learn to flow with the passion he's given me and the character and the truth and, my issue back in the day was I had truth and prophetic truth and I didn't walk in love. <laughs> so I was always, I was hurting people. And now I want to learn to do it the right way. But I had just, I basically took my voice away. And now it's like the Lord wants me to learn to step in it with him. And so, yeah, it's a journey, but the journey is the destination. Like you said, yeah, so absolutely. that's where I'm at for sure. Uh, well, listen, I know we've gone a little over today, but, um, well, I want you to be returning guests, and um, you know, if we ever get going high in the in the spirit, there's no time limit. So these are I saw somebody do a long one recently, and they just put it out as multiple uh, podcasts. But yeah, no, it definitely was such a blessing, and I would love for both of you to you know pray for the atmosphere for the audience for whoever is going to listen to this. Just send a say a prayer and. Definitely want to connect soon in person. I know we're talking about doing some things and also have you back on anything specific or something coming up. And it doesn't always have to be a full, you know, I'm going to learn to do a little, like have someone come on for 15 minutes and then have someone else. Like I'm new to all of this. Each episode I'm growing and getting better at the logistics and the website. So I'm learning as I go. And you're definitely. good. Good. I am you're learning. You're a good host, Thomas. Go. Yeah. You You've made it a lot of fun. Oh, were you wanting us to pray right now? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Whenever oh. you're done. I think Sue's ready. <laughs> yeah. To, call it for the night so okay yeah she she gets tired pretty early so and she's up early and we'll get to do an in-person one i already i i have the equipment i've never done it and that'll be fun to do an in-person one we'll have to do that yeah Yeah. i want to come up and meet meet all those kiddos yeah Yeah. oh yeah absolutely so perfect are are you praying or are we praying we we can all pray it just it doesn't matter give it a go (laughs) there's something in you that needs to come out david Okay, Father, thank you so much that you are the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you are, you are the answer that the world needs. And it's, you just residing in us, waiting to to pop out whatever need be. And I'm so grateful that you've made this uh, so much easier than we even realize. And thank you that you are so patient and such a great designer of all these things and uh, just such a great creator and builder, all those things that go into getting us to who we are and what we are uh, and the final design, the final destination, you've got it all covered. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just want to um, pray for any everybody who is going to listen to this podcast, especially those ones that have stayed right to the end. I pray just an amazing blessing over all of you that are listening to um, wherever you may be, that you would understand that Jesus is going to just come after you. 
and he's going to just rock your world because he loves you and he's made you. He's got an incredible destiny for you, even if you think not me. Yes, you, because of I've been on, I've been so far away from God and he loves you wherever you are. So I pray that anyone who's listening to this podcast in the future, that you would know that you have a destiny. Don't give up. Don't give up hope that little spark that he is going to fan that into a flame and he's got a great plan for you an amazing plan for your life and and he sees you right now wherever you are i just see that he sees you he has his hand i see his hand of favor resting on your head and he is speaking blessing and life over you right now thank you i thank you that there is no time in the kingdom that he is timeless he's outside of time so it doesn't matter that it's July right of 2023 um, that he sees you and he has you and he knows you yes Lord. Lord I just thank you for that you are the destination Lord and that this journey no matter where we find ourselves if we're having difficult times or if we're in times of blessing that you are with us that you are just as far away as the calling of your name as my mom always says and I just thank you, Lord, that anybody at any time can just look up and, and cry out and say that they, they want to talk to you and that you're there, Lord, always, never leaving, never forsaking, Lord. And I thank you that when the angels came to the earth and they said goodwill towards men, peace on earth, that that was you declaring mm-hmm. that you made peace with all men once and for all. We just welcome your peace, God, and we just declared over the earth that that the good news will continue to be preached throughout the earth, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I would like to say to people who were maybe in ministry, especially pastors who are far away now, that it's okay. They're okay. You're okay. And that Jesus is still real despite the hurt, Despite the doubts, despite all the questions, he's still there for you. Amen. Hi, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to the Seeker of Truth podcast. And also visit our website, seekeroftruth.co, for more information about all of our guests and how you can hear more from them. I pray this conversation encouraged, uplifted, and inspired you to pursue truth at a deeper level.